I don't know if I'm going to follow that up with unsolicited advice or not yet. I'm still processing my AMAP socialization. Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate. Relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Sex is something we do for many, many reasons, from procreation to recreation, from fun to serious, from pity to insecurity from anger to hurt, from jealousy to love. Really, sex is just a thing we as humans do with ourselves and each other. There's not really much else in common with all the various reasons that we have sex. So today we talk with Robin about sex as specifically the kind of sex people have in the context of enjoying the validation and that feeling of being chosen. As a former dominatrix, she approaches the talk from a place of experience. So let's get to the session here on Intimate Interactions. Welcome everyone to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with Robin Beach and today we're talking about sex as validating or wanting to be liked. Robin is a sex educator and coaching consultant and host of Sex with Robin on Split Radio. You can see more of their work at sexwithrobin.com. Welcome Robin. Hi Victor, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> I, I definitely personally feel like sex is super validating. Like when you have sex with someone, they're choosing to have sex with you and that can be intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's wanting to be desirable in a, mm-hmm. in a conventionally attractive or sexual way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just wanting attention. There's wanting touch, connection, even just conversation. Companionship, I, yeah. And companionship, absolutely. Without co- with COVID and everything, honestly, I feel like I've been craving for like a good when it was really, 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 we were locked down really hard. Yeah. It's like I just want to smell someone. Mm. <laughs> I just wanted to smell someone. Um, but the, I think when we talk about sex and validation, I think, um, of course, that's really in line with some of the myths or ideals about uh, slut shaming mm-hmm. the this kind of myth that anyone that is having a lot of sex that's maybe NSA no strings attached or something mm-hmm. like that that they're looking for love in all the wrong places and that they're somehow yeah. damaging themselves and right. there is a possibility of that but that is not necessarily the case. It's obviously, it's a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all strippers have, you know, daddy issues or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was a stripper and yeah, I got daddy issues, but <laughs> right. I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> but there are also certain stereotypes that I certainly did not fit. I didn't drink sure. or do drugs and party at work. Sure. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I was, I was quite literally just paying for school. Yeah. And yeah, you fit that stereotype, but not any I of the party stereotypes. Exactly. I was I was and I even to the point where clients would be like, Are you actually? I'm like, No, I am. I am a nursing student. And <laughs> like, 
like I'm not making it up for tips. Like I, I swear actually, I'm yeah. not making it up. And there are others, other other dancers that were like, and other dancers that really did drink and party and and do all those things. Sure. So, yeah. Who maybe with, who maybe didn't have daddy issues. Right. There were some that definitely ha- did not have daddy issues. I knew a couple that had really healthy relationships with their parents. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's it's sometimes making sure we're aware of where these preconceptions come from or these stereotypes come from. And so there is a chance that somebody is maybe um, looking for validation in a way that they think will validate them, mm-hmm. but actually uh, does a little bit more damage because yeah. they might think they're looking for maybe a certain type of love or affection through sex mm-hmm. alone. And it's like, okay, that's not really, that's not actually, sex isn't necessarily love. Right. And that's okay. So yeah. Wh- what is it that you love? So if I, yeah, the whole topic, I don't even want to get into like sex addiction it's, and that. It's, whole it's topic, literally but... just talking about human needs. Like what are the needs <laughs> yeah. that you want to get met? Is it connection? Is it intimacy? Is it warmth and exactly. touch? Or like, like just sort of being really clear with yourself on what yeah. you actually want, as opposed to just saying, oh, I know that I had this like. I have this really intense need for something and the last yeah. time I got it met was sex. Therefore I'm going to go have sex and probably get it met. But this is where we lead to the next question, which would be, what is it that you really like about sex? Mm-hmm. What is it that you did like about that? Mm-hmm. And focus on that. And okay, was there something you didn't like, or maybe you wanted more of, maybe that's something you would get through something other than sex, or maybe you can get that through sex, just a different kind of sex. Sure. Yeah, like sex doesn't have to look like one thing. It doesn't always have to be, you know, like blowjob PIV until <laughs> penis ejaculates. Yeah. Like you could make it literally anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just have to be clear with yourself about what you want and then be clear about potential partners about what you want and see if they're into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we see it all too much where uh, certain you know TV characters and or even in real life where people are getting coerced. Mm-hmm. to do certain things and i i, I want to just say you know you don't need to coerce them like i feel like there's that yeah that, that societal kind of thing as well where people feel that's the only way that they can get what they want and i'm like yeah you know you don't that's actually completely and entirely not only unethical but unnecessary agreed just, just like, ask for what you want and find somebody that also wants those things, which isn't that hard to do, especially in, I'm going to sound old, but especially with all this social media nowadays. <laughs> well, and, and online dating too. And like online can, dating, there's so many. It's like so specific too. They have a million different dating apps. You really, there. like the time that you invest in your own happiness is rarely time wasted. Hmm. Yeah. And I would I like say that. I would say that time invested in your own happiness is probably better invested thinking about your needs than Mm -hmm. in trying to please other people to attract partners. Having said that, if you feel like one of your needs is building a strong relationship, then building a strong profile on, you know, like dating apps might actually be important for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially during COVID where it's super hard to meet anyone in person and everyone's anxious when you Mm -hmm. do. It's like... Okay, so then how do you interact with people? And the answer is usually through software. So learning, like Googling, learning how to build a really good profile and then putting in the time and effort to build a really good profile. Like it sucks. It's boring for some of us. Some of us find it interesting. I find it boring. Um, But it's also really necessary if that is something that's important to you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think. Yeah, I, that's a really important factor. Um, putting yourself out there is really mm-hmm. important. If you don't put yourself out there, if you don't put what you want out there, it's and then you know complain that you're not getting anywhere. I'm not going to necessarily fault you for that, but I'm going to say, you know what, maybe uh, <laughs> come here. <laughs> Let my me, let my me, sex me. life just got so much better <laughs> once I started being like, you know, my primary form of sexual expression is like butt stuff. Like, that's just what I'm super, super right. into. And I started just running like instead of sort of like finding a person who is a good fit for me and then being like, oh, but we don't have anything in common in the bedroom and having them be like, well, I'll try butt stuff and then be like, you know, what, it's not my favorite. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, but then it's also like instead of being in really unsatisfying relationships, now I can just kind of not necessarily start with that like anal or GTFO, but <laughs> um, but you but you can have it sort of not buried deep and sort of like, you know, you're only going to tell people about your desires weeks and weeks or months and months into a relationship, um, possibly weeks and weeks. Um, but but my point being that you do need to tell them at some point and the sooner you do, the better the more likely it is that you're going to be able to get those needs met in that relationship or quickly find a different relationship where you're more compatible with someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think that goes yeah. double for people who are monogamous. Oh, absolutely. Um, just saying what it is you are looking for and what it is you have to offer. Um, I'm really careful about that in terms of my more casual sexual relationships mm-hmm. and really making sure um, without making them feel like I don't want them, without making <laughs> them feel invalidated or less desirable, mm-hmm. that I simply have no time or I should say not enough time, interest or right. availability. Right. The casual sex is not a high enough priority to supersede time spent with your kids or co-parent. Or, or existing that I'm not available for dating. Right. It's a big one. I'm like, I, <laughs> you're really cool. We can totally hang out. We can do all these things. This is what I can offer. Um, I am not looking for a romantic or time-intensive relationship. Like, friends with benefits and hookups mm-hmm. with you would be great. And if you're up for that, that's cool. Because the last thing I would want would be for certain expectations or feelings to develop and then have that result in someone being heard and feeling rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Be like straight up, I'm really interested in you. I don't have the time or energy for a romantic or time-intensive relationship. So this is what I have to offer. I could do hangouts. I could do friends with benefits, or we could just hook up and, and that could be it. Um, that's what I have to offer, which I think is also an important thing to remember to say we have to offer, not just what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then if that's not compatible, it's like, oh, you know, what? I, I actually would really like to take some time and have a, an organic relationship develop and maybe date some more. And I'm like, that is, I respect the hell out of that. And there are times in my life where that's what I'm looking for. That's not where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally resonate with that. I've definitely, um, I've definitely been on dates where the person had like sent messages like immediately afterwards being like really anxious about stuff and like needing a lot of reassurance. And I was like, well, fuck, I really don't want to be ableist, but also like I just got out of a really bad relationship with someone super, super anxious, you know, Mm. with multiple years, it was sort of like, okay, I, I think there's a good chance I might just not be super compatible with certain Mm -hmm. types of anxiety, just having ADHD. 
It's like yeah. the kind of regularity and consistency that some folks need is not something I'm skilled at providing. Mm-hmm. And that, I can yeah. fight the uphill battle of desperately trying to be on time or early every time. I can re- I can fight the uphill battle of trying to always be extremely consistent with scheduling. But it's like the volume of energy and emotional labor that is for me is just it does not serve me and it's not something I want to do. So finding out that really early was like, cool, I don't know that we're super compatible with each other because I have ADHD. So like I'm going to gonna yeah. go a different direction with my dating and Thank yeah you it's so much. hard it's really hard to do it sucks i feel like we need to do an episode on compatibility oh my god yeah i i have had you know a relationship that we loved each other like crazy but our traumas clashed hard on our responses so oh man like, yeah my response might trigger them and then their response would trigger me and it was like it would just yep. become a catastrophe. And it was like, we love each other so much and we're trying so hard to make us work. It's just, oh, it's yeah. not working. Yep. Our shit is, is clashing hard and is not helping us be our best selves and our yeah. healthiest selves. So we're going to have quote, to de-escalate. To quote Bjork, it's not meant to be a strife. Mm. Like yeah. it's okay to struggle. It's important to put in the work to make relationships work. And also if you have some pretty fundamental incompatibilities, it's also okay to be like, I love you. And also like, let's, let's rethink how we interact and like how we can structure our interactions so that, mm-hmm. you know, we're not stepping on each other's emotional booby, boo, boo-boos. Like yeah. that was way Don't harder than saying injuries. Yes, exactly. I'm like, some people are really into that. <laughs> But anyways, we should definitely talk about compatibility. We should. I also feel like we're getting close to the amount of time that I said I would take of yours. (laughs) I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you. My eldest literally just crawled into my lap and I I, I did promise him we'd play some video games. I had forgotten about that until like two days ago. And Amazing. literally yes, yesterday, me and the other parents were all texting each other. Remember, there's no school tomorrow. Remember, they never like, what? I'm like, yeah, remember, there's no school. We help Right, and then you woke up this morning and went, what? There's no school? <laughs> it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Then I oh, went, okay. oh, wait, there's no school. So I was prepared as of yesterday. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so not a ton planned. It's video games. Woohoo. Well, I should say thank you so much for your time, for being on the session, and I wish you the very best in your video gaming with your eldest. Yes. They're starting to beat me at stuff, so I got to get on it. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're most welcome. Thanks, Robin. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. Or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie, both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well. <laughs>